<laughs> MFIT Radio. So it's been a full month since I've had a podcast. Whoopsies. Uh, <laughs> um, I disappeared in August, and I will tell you guys what I did soon. But for now, I just have to tell you it's super exciting, and it will release in a couple months. Um, but I took the whole month of August off, and now we're back at it with MFIT Radio, and I brought some super special guests that I actually ask questions to all the time. You guys know Wade Kilgore. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> he just waved. I love it. Um, and yes, then we have had... Ty Sanati. 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 It was worth Sanati. How's it going? <laughs> um, both people that work with the body for a career. So it's really fun to talk to them about how the body works. And we're going to talk a lot about fascia stretching, fascia stretching. Fascial stretching. Fascial stretching. Fascia. Fascia. And really, I, you know, just will dig into that. First, I wanted to say make sure, as always, um, check out the YouTube channel. I have a ton of Ask M. So if you have more questions and you want more than just podcasts, I have filmed about 35 Ask M YouTube videos where you guys use hashtag Ask M and I answer the questions and you can find that just on youtube.com slash Emily Schramm. Um, and then I also have uh, some really great new workouts every week for the MPAC. So if you go to the MPAC.com and sign up for my weekly newsletter, I will be sending you a workout of the week. So stay connected a couple different ways. And that's all I got. Um, here we go. Gosh, I feel like it's been so long. It's been years. It's been years. Um, first off, it's a full moon, so I feel like everyone's a little crazy, but I am especially crazy today, so I apologize to my two men. Bring on the crazy. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I wanted to talk first about, to you, Ty, how you got into working with fascia. And fascia, what does that mean? Because something that stuck really with me recently, um, when I was working with you, Wade, you said, you know, there's always such a focus on when something hurts or when something's broken is just like mash, mash, focus on that area. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the big picture, which is what we should do with all things, health and wellness, um, the macro approach is basically working with fascia. Would you say? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's the, the fabric that holds everything together, right? The connect, the connective tissue network. Um, and Ty and I were talking about it last night, like kind of just how to describe it and like what all. I think in most importantly um, is defining how we used to define fashion in more of a traditional sense. Um, about 10, 15 years ago, uh, I'd often hear um, sports medicine professionals talk about fascia as basically just like a saran wrap su- substance that coats all your muscles, joints, and ligaments throughout your body, literally connecting your toes to your eyebrows. And this saran wrap substance would essentially develop adhesions. So a more traditional approach would be using a more like passive therapy, say like ART, massage, to actually go in and get those adhesions out. Mm. But what we're finding over time is that when we work with people's movement patterns with an active therapy such as fascial stretch therapy, these adhesions kind of work themselves out through proper movement. Mm. You know, someone who has very poor movement patterns will usually have very, like, adhesed fascia, you know, very very stuck in a lot of places. And the key to be, you know, restoring healthy fascia to that person to bring back positive movement patterns and lessen their pain. Mm. So just, like, taking more of, like, a broader approach. Yes, taking, to- um, and really just, um targeting movement in more of a 3d sense you know we always let's take just regular stretching for instance we always see these like very robotic stretches yeah you know and you know that's not how we move we're very multi-plane beings you know especially when we're in you know we're doing our athletic activities and people develop pain through these faulty movement patterns because their bodies are um, constantly compensating Mm. And for you, with fascia itself, so ultimately connective tissue. Exactly. Kind of all around the body. You can't actually, can you feel it as a practitioner 
or can you just feel its tightness or do you actually feel you can so your body's fascia actually um you know we used to describe it like let's imagine that all your muscles um ligaments bones organs Organs. are the inside of the sausage and your fascia is the casing around sausage that's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty that's real life that's a pretty broad sense of like what fascia is yeah. but um your body actually your, your fascia actually connects in very specific nets or lines um tom myers actually mapped out the anatomy trains which is basically um our body's fascial nets and connective si- system so you could imagine a fascial net as um, just one line of fascia throughout your body. They spiral, they go up and down. That connects very specific complexes of joints, ligaments, and muscles. Hmm. And so if you cut yourself in half, would you be able to see it? Yeah. Actually, yes, they do. a. Uh, um, uh, I attended a cadaver clinic. We talked about this with Mark in my former podcast. They actually cut out all the fascial nets and then you actually um, do similar FST stretches on cadavers. You know, so you can actually see how these nets move throughout the body. It's very interesting. Do you want to do the cadaver lab with me, Wade? Yes. In February? Ty just asked me too if I wanted to do one and I was like, all bad is one because I just check out the pictures normally, obviously in a textbook and I guess it's got to be just like a whole different feel experience just yeah there. i mean we're only we're only really viewing fascia as an organ in the last like 10 years before we didn't like i said we just viewed it as this saran wrap substance that develops adhesions and holds yeah. everything together but there's so many there's actually more nerve endings in your fascia than anywhere else in the body so oh, wow. we're actually finding that a lot of people's pain is actually more so in their fascia and not so much muscle Oh, that's so, you know, Wade, you had some interesting points on pain last time we spoke about this. Um, well, oh, you were telling me about this. Because I, I was, you know, reading up on my fascial tissue and reading um, some Tom Myers describes pain as um, sensation with the motor intention to withdraw. And so without the intention to withdraw, it's just sensation. And then he broke it down into three different types of pain pain that's entering the body so like i'm walking i stub my toe that's pain entering my body pain that already exists in the body that's there and then pain that uh is leaving the body Hmm. so i thought that was a really cool like way to tie everything in and like really think about pain and you know really start to be able to relax and get more like parasympathetic and just see if you can breathe into to things instead of just reacting to that pain right away and wanting to withdraw. Yeah, I love that. Uh, how did you get into this? So, um, like many uh, active Coloradans, you know, I grew up snowboarding, kickboxing, experiencing uh, different martial arts. And I developed a lot of injuries, um, primarily in my shoulder. I have a pretty bad torn labrum in my right shoulder as well as, well as a grade three AC dislocation. So, um. I was trying everything, physical therapy, chiropractic, massage, you know, and all that stuff helped to a certain extent. But, you know, one thing that I realized was all this stuff was passive. It was being done to me and I wasn't really interacting with it. I wasn't improving anything on my own. You know, I was just hoping that these passive therapies would eventually, you know, just solve the problem. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to fascial stretch therapy um, by a buddy of mine in Denver. And in three sessions, I gained about 15 degrees of shoulder flexion that I hadn't had in years. So this was kind of, this was the huge eye eye opener for me. And the first thing I asked myself was, well, how is this so different other than it's stretching? Well, it's a very specific kind of stretching that was geared specifically towards me. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when we're getting into stretching programs is what sort of assessment are you doing to determine what kind of stretches you need? You know, some, some things are long and weak and don't need to be stretched at all. Well, the interesting thing about fascial stretch therapy is we do assess. And I always say, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. So this takes out the trial and error process altogether. And do all uh, therapists do this? Yeah, I think um, fascial stretch therapy in itself has its own assessments. I personally, um, like Dr. Gray Cooks at 
FMS screen. Mm -hmm. So I, I screen all my clients through the FMS and then I have a really good idea of how I stretch them. Functional movement screening. Functional correct? movement systems. Systems, yes. cool. Um, and that's a series of seven tests? It's a series of seven tests and then um, it goes beyond, you know, there's more of a selective um, functional movement assessment that goes with it that gets a little bit more towards more specific to your client. I have a funny story about FMS. <laughs> way, oh, <yeah. laughs> way this. So I, it was way back in the day when I still was at 24-hour fitness training um, and... Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. That French press smells so good. Um, and I was the only trainer that really loved lifting. And I would do cleans and snatches and heavy squats. And the guys there just thought I was, you know, constantly, every time, you're going to hurt your back. You're going to break your body. You shouldn't be lifting that much weight. And I was like, guys, I'm not being an idiot. Like, I'm being smart about it. This is what my body's capable of. Just because I think it, like, I don't know. So anyway, they were like so excited when someone came in with the um, FMS because mm. they were like, we're all going to do it. And Emily's going to be the worst at this. And I crushed she it. Not the worst. <laughs> and they were so shocked. And it was yeah. so good because I was so happy for them to understand that lifting heavy and doing those moves doesn't necessarily mean Going through the right. Right. Well, you're, you know, you were working out and, you know, the functional fitness is a term that's thrown around a lot, Yeah. but, um, you were, you were doing full body strength movements, mm -hmm. you know, and that therefore working on full body movement patterns. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, your movement quality yeah. was better than a lot of people. Well, not to say though, there was definitely the ones that this is the interesting piece that I know you agree with. And so do you is that CrossFit only focuses on one plane. And so I was, I'm still working on getting that range, that side motion back because mm -hmm. we never work it. The most that you get from CrossFit would be jumping over a barbell. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I haven't always been a, one thing I do love about CrossFit is that it brings, um, it sheds a lot of light on, you know, fun tools like ke kettlebells, Olympic lifting. But, um, I think the FMS is huge for CrossFit gyms and I've seen a lot of actually CrossFit gyms start implementing it or having an FMS practitioner there. Then, you know, Greg, Greg Cook said, hey, don't do CrossFit unless you get at least a 16 on the FMS. What's the highest score? It's a 21. And I can tell you that the majority of people are not a 16. They're yeah. lower, but it doesn't take long, you know, to actually build some of these foundational human movement patterns that the screen actually looks for. Mm -hmm. Um, are you guys kind of, are you familiar with the FMS? Uh, I would love well? if you talked about so, it because I, I know the test. Yeah, I do want to talk, talk about it because I think it's a very uh, vital, I, I think everybody, um, if you're on consistent strength conditioning programs, you need to get tested because it sheds light on your movement dysfunctions, um, stability issues that you might have. And um, Greg Cook says we have pain for three different reasons either we have a mobility issue a stability issue or you know something happened we did something stupid that hurt like ourselves or you know we fell on our bike whatever yeah that spawned a bunch of these mobility and stability issues mm. so the screen looks at looks at these primal movement patterns and what i mean by that are the movement patterns that are human no one teaches us how to do these things they just happen for instance when you're a baby you start on your back yeah. kick in screaming and all of a sudden one day you roll over no one teaches you how to do it you just do it yeah then you start crawling right and then all of a sudden you start standing up you gain all this motor control and you begin to walk and develop your gait okay sure you know there's all these things out there people helping their kids how to walk they don't need to most uh humans just naturally learn this process on their own well as we become adults you know start getting desk jobs we're sitting a lot maybe we get on you know really strict straightforward programs we we lose these human movement patterns so yeah. that's what the fms does it screens you for these primal movement patterns and then you can learn hey okay i need to work on my right hip internal rotation you know and that's a slight movement dysfunction that i have you need to work it's on my right hip see <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, so <laughs> and that's just you know the thing i love about the fms the most is that any fitness professional can do it. And then you actually have a tool, you know, your client develops pain during the FMS, you know, to refer that person out to say a physical therapist or someone like that can, that, that can work on the pain issue. Mm -hmm. And you can work on building a strength pro program around their movement dysfunction or stability issue or bettering that. Talk to uh, me about maybe one of the most common ones that we have, um, or that you see in your 
Probably the most common ones that I see are in the hips. Um, lack of ro- la- lack of rotation in, in the hips. Being able to specifically, you know, flex your hip if you're laying, laying on your back, and then internally and externally rotate it without a lot of compensation from the ankles and yeah. all that. So I think that's what I mainly see, and um, just stability issues throughout the core. You know, I mean, there uh, a lot of people don't really train their core in a very, what you could say, functional manner. You know, yeah. more standing, standing and kneeling core exercise as opposed to being on the back. You know, mm-hmm. you don't do a whole lot of activities on your back unless you're like a jujitsu player. Or totally. Like What's your favorite standing core? Well, yeah, I just because I was listening to Louis Simmons talks and he was mentioning how he was like. He does 90% of the abs standing. And then I started thinking about the same kind of thing. I'm like, dude, I'm always engaging my abs. When am I just laying on my back doing sit-ups, mm-hmm. you know? So, but uh, would it be safe to say... Uh, I like I like to do, like, lots of, like, lap press down, stuff like that yeah. with the band standing. Well, I was going to say, or, though, like, with fun- with movements laying on your back, it's, like, the popcorn muscle stuff for guys. Like, for girls, it's not the case. Well, it's, like, right. are they really engaging their transverse? Yeah. Well, well you know, the, those become more aesthetic yeah. core exercises. Yeah. Which is why they've been done. not yeah. so much core exercises that translate to athletic movement. I personally like the standing pell-off press. Standing power. Yeah, it's a, so um, you can do it with a band, you can do it with, with a cable, but basically, um, you can hook a band to a post, you know, about shoulder level, and then you're gonna walk walk away. So the band uh, is pulling you la- laterally. Mm-hmm. Pull that band right to your chest. Yes. Push straight, just straight, straight out. Make sure you're grounded. You yeah. can do that for tall, tall kneeling, half kneeling. You can add a lot of different hip positions with it. I love that. And the goal, just keeping your shoulders forward. The goal, yeah, right. And, you know, one of the main things with that exercise is anti-rotation. You know, we talk about a lot of, like, rotational exercises, but what about the ability to stabilize rotation? Say you're a wrestler Mm -hmm. and someone's trying to pull you to to the ground. Or you get in a car accident. Or you fall, car car accident. Yeah, Yeah, you know, having that core reflex and being able to react and stabilize the rotation, you know, is... Just in a lot of spatials. Yeah. I love that. Um, That's so Wade, for you, you got into it, not necessarily because of an injury, but probably because you saw injuries. Um, Or was it working with Ty? It was actually, yeah. So I was like um, teaching restorative yoga and I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, I love that people felt good afterwards, but I still wanted to provide them with something that was more like more effective and more lasting and uh, like Ty said, like more active, like a more active therapy. And I always wanted to be able to do something with my clients that was uh, some kind of manual therapy that was hands-on. Mm-hmm. And there was some girl in that was in the yoga class was like, you gotta go see my buddy Ty. Like you, I think you would love this fascial stretching. And then I went and saw him and I signed up like the next day for uh, stretch for the win. Um, and got started. Just been loving it ever since. And then you, it took you about eight months to get me to do it. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it took it took me a while. So, uh, but I really do love it because I my first experience. I think I didn't. I like cry. You did. And yeah. it wasn't like a sob, guys. Yeah. It was just yeah. like I. It was the first time I sat still in so long, and you guys all I've talked about this in previous podcasts. But to get into a parasympathetic state for me is like next it's to impossible easy. unless I'm smoking or smoking weed or drinking. Like it doesn't happen. And so it's not a healthy thing at all because then I think that the consequences yeah. are outweigh it. So I feel like for me, when I first did the stretching, which has a, t- you know, a typical massage table um, with bands, which I want you guys to kind of talk through those bands and the importance of the bands because that differentiates a big piece of what FST is. Yeah, right. It is. Um, though you, there is a lot um, of uh, assisted stretching therapies that I'm seeing rising. I think uh, Massage Envy specifically has one. What makes fascial stretch therapy stand apart is traction. I think that's the biggest staple of FST and stretching in multiple planes of m- movement, which creates more of a 3D stretch. Yeah. Okay. So um, in regular stretching, you know, we're not really focusing on tractioning from the joint capsule or elongating at the joint before we stretch into the actual soft tissue. The purpose of the straps on the table is to tie one of your legs down 
So then you can then on the other side, traction through the hip joint capsule and then take the hip in all different ranges of motion, mm -hmm. adding um, PNF, it's called proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And basically what that means in simple terms is before you stretch, you're contracting the area that you're about to stretch and then bringing it to a further range of motion. So like, for example, either of you because i love it i got stretched by both of you mm. um you'll say push gently into me relax yeah. push gently relax and we're doing like 10 percent right. on that because right. there are different stretches we'll do you know right and traditional pnf um the force that your client gives is a lot harder and a lot longer um fst pnf is a lot shorter and a lot softer because you want your client to stay in that parasympathetic state mm. okay now fst can also be used as a sympathetic the therapy so um before activity you know there's been a lot of times you know where i'll, I'll stretch my fighters like right before they go out oh, and hit cool. pads really you know, and then they go fight and it's just they fire do everything you up. change the way you do it it's mm -hmm. faster the breathing is a lot faster almost like you're doing like a dynamic um oh, cool. like warm-up so yeah, that can be very effective too but i've personally experienced um the best results from more of the parasympathetic slow fst i love but, that you know what i would love to study with both of you is I would love like your clients that you just get to take a court, like a Dutch test, a cortisol test or yeah, some sort of yeah, adrenal absolutely. panel and stretch them consistently with no changes in diet supplements or lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That would be, if you guys ever have someone that's willing to do that with me, because if we could test like a one month before and one month after to see how just stretching regulates cortisol and changes hormones, it would I be really a phenomenal idea. I, I, I I think there would be a slight change. Right? You know? There'd yeah. have to be because, yeah. I mean, I don't, what do you think frequency is for somebody that's really stressed? Because I think ultimately that's like the crux of people's pathway to health. Like there's just yeah. so much stress and that could be body stress. Absolutely. Or just yeah, your fat. lifestyle, you know, always being in fight mode. You know, yeah. you find so many people with these hectic lifestyles, like all three of us here, for instance. Yeah. You know, um, everything is go, 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 go. You know, it can actually be a little difficult for me in particular to lay down a massage massage table and have my mind not going a hundred miles an mm -hmm. hour, you know, and then you're really not getting a whole lot out of that therapy. FST right. so solves that problem by making a, you know, an interactive therapy, Yeah. you know, and that, and bringing down stress and getting movement all at the same time without like constantly going to war with your body to relieve stress. Totally. You know? I'll think about that sometimes like the, whether I have a client that's, um, an old division one football player, he's like six five, he's you know, two hundred and seventy pounds. I can put him on my table and I can move him without effort because he's really available to relax, breathe deeply, and just kind of, you know, go internal and allow himself to relax yeah. more. And then I'll train or stretch a you know, a young lady that's like a hundred and Ten pounds, and yeah. but she's just always constantly stressed and in that sympathetic state, and the stretch is way less effective for her, you know, way less beneficial, mm -hmm. and she's way more difficult to move than than a male that's six five, two hundred eighty pounds. Is that well? Then even the can you talk about how much chronic pain affects people and their stress level? Have oh, you seen? Absolutely, I would say that's the biggest. You know, um, I I deal with constant physical pain you know every single day and i know yourself it, with shoulder. yeah it, it, shoulder hips you know just old injuries and whatnot and i mean we can only deal with that stuff to our best ability but ultimately it, it does bring down your overall day and state of mind yeah you know? so i mean having those constant stressors those, those constant stressors need some kind of relief well you're thinking about it all the time right. subconsciously like you that's a great example. Like, obviously, you hurt your right knee, your left leg gets stronger. Like, you're there's a way that that happens because yeah. you're moving mm -hmm. constantly to the left, which, you know, which you guys see and are trying to correct with your clients. Mm -hmm. But if you're subconsciously always aware of a pain to the point where your muscles are compensating, I just wonder emotionally, like, I just feel like that's a huge thing for so many people that they don't really dig in or maybe give themselves enough credit for, like, yeah, I have this bummed shoulder. It's like yeah. if you're always mm -hmm. dealing with a bummed shoulder and it's always in the back of your head, like I can't move a certain way. I wonder how that affects people. I don't know. Well, I think it's different for every person. And it kind of goes back to when you said like the, the first time that I stretched you and you cried 
It's just that we also store a lot of Let's like. Let's say like maybe we should say tear down. Tear You know, uh, Wade can probably attest to this I've too. Tried. You know, when you um, so <laughs> um, stre- stretch to win institute um, are the creators of fascial stretch that therapy, and that's you either get certified in Toronto or Tempe. Um, each time, um, all three times I've been down to Tempe uh, for my training, someone has an emotional reaction on the table. You know, and think about it, there's like more nerves in our fascia than anywhere else in our body. Let's talk about how we store emotions. You know, a lot yeah. of that and from a science perspective is all neurological, you know, mm-hmm. hormonal, neurological. And then, you know, when you're holding all this, stuff, let's just say a lot of us, you know, we're always, we get stressed. We start chest breathing, our traps get tight, our neck gets tight, you know, that's where, that's where all your stress is going. And when you get that to finally release you know, there, there, there's got to be some emotion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You guys know paleo chef, Mary. Yeah. She's yeah. my girl. So we, you know what she used to do? She used to study. Is that the good, did she do the golden tea? Uh, fat fudge. Okay. Right. Gold, did she do, yes. I think she did that too. Yeah. Wade and I were talking about last night. night. Yeah. I think so. Maybe just, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> she studies body language. We were talking about this a little bit and I just like, I don't know if she, I think she used to teach it. Or at least do workshops. Cool. Super cool. So I was like, instantly, like, what's my yeah. body telling me? <laughs> <Right. laughs> I sat up. Well, I said it. I was like, what does this mean? What am I saying? But what right I now? notice is that I always, and this is so true, because in pic- like when I'm podcasting um, or on a panel, when I'm in those chairs, I kind of hunch my shoulder because I think I'm such an intimidating person to people that like I want to make them feel less intimidated. And that's how my personality is. Like I never want people to think of me as like big and scary Mm -hmm. because then it makes them feel small. And I, I know this is like way too much, but I was like, fuck that. Why would I ever want to be less intimidating or scary if they're intimidating or scary? Maybe that's what they need in their life. Like, I don't know. So I thought that I just, so I think that's my biggest thing that I'm trying to work Mm -hmm. on. Like every way that you sit and talk to people and approach people and shake their hand, there's like nothing worse than a limp handshake. I also think that gives people a sense of security, though, you know, when someone kind with good posture, yeah. you know, and just like, you know, bright face comes yeah. out. I think that's more enlightening, you know, than intimidating to a lot of For sure. People. But yeah, I, hear, I, I hear agree. Yeah. So I, it was like reverse. I think mm-hmm. that that's, but I, I don't know how often it, do I do that all the time? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You've I see, seen me in So tables. like, yeah, I feel like maybe initially, but then as soon as you talk, I feel like you're just there and, and it all comes out okay. i think your presence oh. definitely comes out it may be before it starts or at the very beginning what do you guys say i know now i'm like <laughs> we're, out, we're all like fixing our posture and saying <laughs> yeah. up like yeah what am I i'm trying to think right of now? something else like what's a common posture and what would it mean we should study that that would be so fun to dig into that a little bit it's like handwriting analysis i talked about that in my last podcast with Sarah from um, the challenge, yeah, she used to analyze handwriting, and mm. so you could take anything that you wanted, write it on a piece of paper, throw it in a pile, and she would pick it up, read it, and tell you who it was, which was super my cool. My handwriting's Just... easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means everything's easy. misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really cool way of like you know meeting people. That's, I think, ultimately what all psychics do or people that are mediums. Yeah. Not all, maybe, but, like, they're just good at reading body language. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's For it. Sure. Language, eyes, eye contact, lack of eye contact. Like, anybody, if you're aware, can pick that up. I don't know. Yeah, I feel interesting. Yeah. You wonder how much of what they say is, like, a gamble on their part, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. they read you, and like, then, right, I'm going to pick through these three life circumstances I bet they've experienced. And then as soon as you, they see a reaction from you, yeah. they go with it more or they don't. Yeah, interesting. Potentially. Have you ever gotten tarot cards read? I have, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm, like, I'm, like, the ultimate skeptic, you know, always yeah. asking questions and everything. But, you know, I had an open mind to it, and I definitely thought that um, I was being read very efficiently but you know there weren't any like you know mind-blowing you know you didn't win the lottery i know like you know i she (laughs) or she didn't like you know 
take a little piece from my past yeah. and like you know throw it in my face or anything like that. But man, yeah. I feel like have that. You been, have you been ran? Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what was your experience? Like? It was recent, and I'm actually gonna have her on the podcast. Laura Mahoney, my photographer. Oh, yeah. Um, she got into it because she just kept there's signs that kept saying like you're actually you have a gift. So it wasn't like she just wanted to learn. It was like there's definitely some intuition that she has. So I, she would have been the only person I tried it with because I was like, wait, I knew you before and now I'm seeing you get into this world. Of course, I want to know what this is all about. Um, and it was really cool. It was cool. it was actually like a I had a big decision to make. I was in L.A. Um, I was having a panic attack. I think I called Wade freaking out and I was like, I need to call Laura. So I called her and she virtually did it and oh, wow. gave me the answer I was looking for. So I don't know if it's always like what the universe is. You already know deep down. Sure. Maybe it's, it's just, you know, I, I think you know, when we get into difficult situations in our lives, we're always looking for new perspective. You yeah. Know, and maybe some of that just like, you know, gives you some the perspective that you're looking for, you know, another path to take that you didn't quite see right in front mm-hmm. of you. Yet, so. Yeah. Or just the permission to yeah. think what you think sometimes. Right. Yeah, Have you found it? No. Mm-hmm. What do you, <laughs> you don't want to? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I grew up super religious and everything just forever. And then now not so much, but then I taught yoga and got into the more spiritual side of things. And, you know, I've gotten my astrology chart read and things like that. I just, you know, I don't know. I'm willing to try everything be exposed to everything. And then, you know, take away from those experiences. Yeah. I feel I should. You know, I mean, that's like the one, you know, I always, I encourage all my clients and my friends to constantly learn and constantly gain perspective, especially if you don't agree with what you're hearing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how we learn. You know, I don't know how, I don't know when you're else to learn. And you, you set a very low ceiling for yourself if you limit yourself to a certain perspective where you think you have it all fucking figured out. Yeah. Nobody nobody does. Nobody does. No, that's the scary thing about even as simple, what I think about all the time is my Facebook algorithm. I think that was the most mind controlling system that uh, any man could place because you are now only getting in, enlightened by people with your same beliefs and your yeah. enlightenment is an enlightenment. It's just affirmation mm-hmm. for what you think to be true or be, or what, or constantly being sold things, you know, yes. with your ads. They, yeah. Yes. I hate that. It was hilarious. Yeah. I was scrolling through my Instagram and there was an advertisement for um, these inserts that you put in your shoes that make you two inches taller. I am five, six and a half, or five, six. And I was like, how does my Instagram know how short I am? Oh my and my Waller's like, no, it's just an ad. And I was like, do you get this ad, bro? <laughs> you don't, do you? That's crazy. And I was well, like, what? Were you- so I bought them, and now I'm, five- now I'm just kidding. <laughs> no way. No, There's no way a pastel stretcher would ever do that. I did not buy them. But did you put, did you look them up at any point? No, never. Well, Have never. you ever put your height in anything? Is your well, height? yeah, for sure, because yeah. I'm always doing, like, nutrition things. Or That's like, totally what it was. They bought a system F. of a height, and then they, they know, bought those emails like in, or like, whatever. All the all the nutrition things, you know, the last few hours. Yeah. Bite, so. Oh my Shit. gosh, how crazy. As someone that's been very successful on social media, I, I like that you're bringing this aspect up because, you know, it's a very, I, I think people, you know, I think social media can be such a powerful, awesome thing, but, you know, it can also be very uh, controlling and how we go about our day-to-day lives and just kind of like remembering some of this stuff about social media and the algorithms behind it is important. It's so important, especially yeah. with politics, with all the things happening right now, mm-hmm. it's like, I just worry. It's like, I'm just as equally guilty of it. But you think of the people that we see as maybe a little less liberal or open-minded to what's sure. all, what all is going on. And it just makes me so sad to think that they aren't even seeing the other side of the story. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, you know, it's high, I find it harder and harder even with some of my own friends to, you know, actually have healthy debates because we're constantly being fed our own bullshit, you know, and piling that up, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, being asked to question and learn as much now. We're just, you know, constantly pointing aside, you know, that's what I find in like, especially American society or millennial generation specifically. Yeah. Oh man. It's a rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole. (laughs) I just, you know, I think the best thing to do is 
read and like for me, I get, I didn't do it all of August. I disappeared all of August and I came to and I realized how much shit had happened and then it made me kind of depressed, but I was like, this is crazy. So I'm back, finally back into a system of like, okay, what news feed do I, or what articles do I read to where I'm not on one side? Cause that's right. even hard to find like mm-hmm. what source of information. So I feel like, do you guys have a favorite source where you feel like is, is actually unbiased in a good place? I always do, of course, NPR, which is super, yeah, you know, you know, um, I, I tend, I tend to be a little bit, you know, more conservative than a lot of my friends, but, um, I think just talking about bias is important, you know, mm-hmm. understanding like, you know, we, especially in politics, you hear that term like fake news all the time. Well, what's actually fake and what's just bias? Because yeah. bias isn't necessarily wrong. It's just bias. But if you can recognize someone's bias and the point they're trying to get across, then I think you can level on common ground if you have different views. Yes, you know? yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, I get. I love my New York Times app, but that's pretty. It can be one sided for sure, sure. and anyone yeah. can argue that. But I do love what the output uh, or what their output is. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I think podcasts. Um, a wide range of podcasts, but mine are very uh, self admittedly liberal. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if I if I can think of an unbiased, but I know people. I think that that's just as important if you feel a little lost. To well, it's do like that. what you said. Um, I just my my clientele is is very you know all over as far as spectrum goes. I work with you know, political spectrum, yeah, political yeah. spectrum, and you know just demographics in general just gender age everything mm-hmm. and so i you know you're with somebody for an hour two times a week or whatever three times a week and you're going to talk about different things and i think that that's been really huge for me staying well-rounded that's a and really exposed good point. to different things mm-hmm. conversation conversation <laughs> i think Coffee that, when, when people are approaching something like politics i I think it is always important, like you say, like going to a conversation, trying to gain perspective, not necessarily just trying to bark your point across or defend your, you know, and, you know, understand where people are coming from. You know, if, if you're liberal, you're, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of, you know, more morality linked to your political views, yeah. you know, and then when you're talking to someone more conservative, you know, they're, um, you're going to see less morality, more logic, you know, I think understanding that and trying to, there needs to be a healthy you know, connection between both because, uh-huh. you know, I mean, obviously morality is super important, but, you know, we can't lose logic in the process either. You know? Yeah. So. Hmm. What a tangent. Sorry, <laughs> guys. Special <laughs> stretching. <laughs> you, you guys met up yesterday with their, um, to talk about what you were going to talk about. Well, basically, this is what happened. What had happened was happened? Emily didn't really organize this well, and we were going to do an Ask Him YouTube which we still will do, uh, and we've ever, we've totally forgot the straps. Yeah. So I mean, we couldn't really do a video. So we decided to straps. we decided to do a podcast yeah. instead. Um, what other things for you guys? Um, I want to talk a little bit about breathing. Do you think breathing, breathing during the stretch? Um, have you guys become better breathers? Absolutely. Yeah. We're encouraged to breathe with our clients while they're being stretched. And so one of the uh, 10 principles of FST is synchronizing breathing with movement. Mm. You know, um, very similar. You know, a lot of you probably done yoga. Yeah. Ty makes like sweet noises too. Yeah, like, I feel like whoosh, 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 sounds. Yeah. like when he's yeah. going. I love it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but no, absolutely super important. And, you know, with any sort of flexibility program, you're not, I always say you're not stretching unless you're breathing correctly. Right. If you're holding your breath and just pulling as hard as you can, you're probably doing more harm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, for you. Like what we said earlier when we were talking about the parasympathetic and sympathetic, if I, if I like lay somebody down on my table, I can tell that they're in that tense state. Usually that's just where I'll start. It's just taking some deep breaths, just kind of walking through it, you know, timing it with them and like just counting breaths, inhales for them, one, two, three, pause, mm-hmm. one, two, exhale, and then kind of like moving down there, starting sure. their chest and moving down their diaphragm. And that will really just help kind of put them at ease. Speaking of breathing in general, you know, um, a lot of people don't breathe correctly at all. Yeah. Right? Right. And they don't know. So, you know, yeah, I would love to breathing get into that. from the belly up, you know, really like filling up gives full expansion of, of your lungs. And you take a lot 
uh, more efficient breath yeah. that way. You know, a lot of the time before um, I give FST, I'll leave the room and just have my client take like 20 big diaphragmatic breaths on their own. Yeah. Even just like dur- during the day, if you can take a couple minutes for yourself and just go close your eyes and take 10 breaths. I mean, that can change your whole day right there. Just, Huge. There's so many times I catch myself and I'm like, I haven't taken a big breath in I feel like 10 years. Yeah. And then when I do, it feels like I just it's got out crazy. of water holding my breath in the water. I'm like, oh my God, I feel almost high. Yeah. Oxygen, crazy. Somebody, okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to podcast her, but do you know the MMA fighter, Michelle Watterson? Yeah. So she was recently with me and um, she told me she would do Eismanhoff driving. And I was like, no. She was like, I almost passed out. I'm like, yeah, you don't do that driving. <laughs> I can't wait to podcast with her. She's a rad chick. Um, but she, it was so crazy because I was like, I didn't experience that until I tried it at the Eisman, the Hoff method. And I definitely went down. That? So Iceman Hoff, on his, he's the one that does Wim, the cold Wim, therapy. Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Yeah. So the Hoff method is the series of exercises, breathing exercises yeah. that he does. Matt Chan's super into it. Cherie's into it. You've seen that, right? No. Really? Oh. oh wait. I, mean, I, I know all about pranayama. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I can't believe I, I, just, I just got Wade's new, new obsession. Oh, uh, yeah. He's going to be all about breathing for... A while. We'll go sit on top of a mountain after snowboarding for a day and, you know. He's going to love it. Uh, You guys, it's been so hot here. And then now it's just starting to cool down and we're all getting, like, That's what we're still. Us Coloradans are are such babies. Like, you know, we have all this sunshine, but we're always (laughs) bitching about the weather. Yeah. Guys, don't move to Colorado. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is fall, which is like my favorite season because I feel like everybody's happier. And maybe it's just because I'm happier. (laughs) I mean, I love summer. Fall's a beautiful time in Colorado. Unfortunately, it only lasts like two weeks. (laughs) Sometimes longer. With, you know, all the things going on. Didn't it last for a while last year? Because the first snowfall. Actually, I I do remember saying last year, man, like, we've really had such a beautiful fall this year. It was long. It was lengthy, for sure. Um, I kind of am so... It can make me depressed if I think about it, but it's like we think of summer as this long, you know, period of time that you're gonna you're gonna do so much and that you're gonna see so much and explore so much, yeah. and then it's always like this. It, you just blink and it's gone, and then everyone gets so depressed and they talk about how <laughs> sad they are. And I'm one of those people. I'm like, I can't believe it's September. And then mm-hmm. I hear myself say that, and I'm like, oh, and that annoying person that keeps saying like, God, summer's already gone. Yeah. But it's, but it's so true. I feel like I need a moment to like be present, process the Absolutely. fact that summer was good because it always yeah. feels like you don't do enough. Always, like you never do enough in the summer. Do you guys feel this way? Yeah, I always feel like you know it passes relatively fast, but I don't know. I feel like just you know if if you really live in the Colorado lifestyle, you know you just kind of you, you have stuff to do. Yeah, all, all all year long, but I mean, like I said, I'm a baby about the weather. Like it's it's like it's like 90 degrees for two weeks. I'll complain. It rains for three days in a row. I'll complain. Yeah. You know, so. Um. Well, anything else you guys want to talk about with? Um. You know, just uh, touching on flexibility for a second. You know, one thing I like to talk about. We often lean into traditional sense to find flexibility is range of motion. Okay. Mm. I like to talk about adaptability. Okay, flexibility being adaptability, being, you know, we all have different lifestyles, different sports, different things we need to do. So, you know, we all, and we all have such different movement patterns, even though we're all human and we really need to focus on specific flexibility programs designed for us. Mm. You know, and that's what you get with, you know, FMS, functional movement systems, FST, you get that specific flexibility program for you. And you get your handheld through it, which is nice. Yeah. You know? And then you get to then you learn so much about your body and you actually create so much more awareness. So the FMS provides exercises, like basically just corrective exercises. Yeah, but yes, and a lot of it is with your own body weight, mm. you know, just you know, moving in different patterns. And really a lot of it's like rebuilding crawling and rolling patterns. And over time, you know, you build that healthy fascial structure that holds you all together, kind of like how a 
you know, a, a, tent. a tent. Yeah. Yeah. You can relate the human body to how a tent is held up. A tent uses all these tension-based structures to hold itself in place while your fascial system works in the exact same way. Hmm. Yeah. So. And the patients, I think that's the one of the biggest things is we want instant relief. And I right. talked about this, yeah. before, you know, a lot, but... I said it doesn't exist. You yeah. Know, that's what I tell my clients. I was like, hey, even if you get to where you want to be, you know, like most people, that's not even good enough. And you have to maintain it for the rest of your life. It doesn't, nothing ever just stops. And movement is the exact same way. You stop moving, you, you know, you lose your patterns. Well, I went and saw Ty like two weeks ago, but I see him weekly to get stretched by him. And he was working on my shoulder. I was like, man, bro, this is what's going on with my shoulder, blah, blah. I was like, how do I fix this? And he was like, wait. The weight room is the only environment where we can can have a perfect symmetry and consistency. Like outside, the real world happens, right? You get out of bed one way, you get in the car a certain way, you pick up your cup a certain way, your phone. And these repetitive movement patterns obviously are what causes these deviations. And I'm like so just a perfectionist with like trying to fix everything in my body and have everything be perfect and be in this perfect state that doesn't exist. And I just wanted an answer, but there's no answer because you, you know, you can't do everything perfectly symmetrical. No, all you can really do is look for breaks in your chain, you know, and in this sense, we're talking about your kinetic chain, the way you move, you know, and sometimes if you, you know, you shed light on like a small movement dysfunction and you work on that for a while, all your compensations just kind of work themselves out. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a super complicated process either, but you know, no, we're humans. We're very far from symmetrical beings. For yeah. sure. Yeah. We're fucking weird. Just bringing awareness yeah. to it, I feel like, makes the the biggest difference because now I'm aware of it, so I'll work on it more and I'll try to, like, just, we're constantly just slouched over. We're driving, we're sitting. So know that, be aware of that. So now what can I do? I can sit at the edge of my chair. I can roll my shoulders back. Mm-hmm. My traps are in my ears again. I can relax. I can take a deep breath. Just becoming aware of those things. Yeah, so for people that are, you know, a lot a lot of us live in our sport, you know. We move the exact same way every day. When you move the exact same way every day, you know, or you're living in your sport, you're going to develop compensation. So, you know, alternative forms of movement might be the answer to your pain. Mm, I love that. <laughs> you little movement specialist. Uh, <laughs> Well, I was, I think that's really what I wanted to touch on is any of your thought, like chronic pain, fat, just introducing this technique to people. Um, are there a lot of FSTs out there? You know, um, FST has been growing really fast over the last like five years, um, in Denver and Arizona, there's especially a lot, but you know, you go to, um, I think there's maybe only like three or four in Philadelphia, you know, so if you're out on the East coast, you know, you might have a harder time finding a fascial stretch therapist but if you go to stretchtowin.com uh-huh. um you'll you can find a directory um and you can get hooked up with one and go through some assessments and you know get cool. cracking at it do you feel like they're like for you guys do you work with nutrition with clients absolutely okay I, I you know i'm a i'm a performance coach and a movement therapist first you know i always yeah. outsource you know to someone like yourself for nutrition and whatnot but it's a it, it's a vital part as well like oh, yeah. you need a proper nutrient balance and electrolyte and hydration balance in order to move properly. yeah so, isn't that crazy to yeah. think about no one connects the two but your body is made up of nutrients yeah. that's it so it's kind of fascinating to think of like if something's out of function or not properly functioning the ultimate cure is to look at what your cell is how your cell is functioning mm-hmm. and your cell is created by food what? 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 So mind blown. Anything yeah. else you guys can think of? Touch on a lot of great yeah, stuff. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I want to know. Um, okay, so la- I have a couple questions. If someone comes to you with pain, what's way the top three things that you would give somebody? Um, just like pain anywhere. Yeah, it can be super general, or you can get specific. Um. One, just try to figure out, you know, where that pain is coming from, what movement pattern maybe has caused that. Even Mm -hmm. if somebody has like some kind of trauma, like they're like, oh, I did this snowboarding. 
you may have made that may have been like the straw that broke the camel's back, but there was some kind of movement pattern that existed probably or imbalance that existed before that that really just, you know, set it off and made so kind of going back and identifying what that is and then just start being able to, you know, heal that movement pattern or change it and start to break through. Um just and I try to just give them like one or two mobility exercises, one or two strengthening exercises, and just focus small. You mm-hmm. can't overwhelm people right away because right. it's like it's too much. They'll get frustrated. They'll for, they'll forget. They won't know. They won't do it correctly. So just you know, start small. Start with like one one thing you can do to mobilize it. One thing you do to strengthen it, mm-hmm. and then breathing is huge. Okay, cool. Ty, what would you say? Uh, if someone comes to you with pain, yeah, um, you know, a you know, making sure you're working with the right people that can figure out, hey, what's what, you know, Wade mentioned like a movement dysfunction or like stability issue that's causing this pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like I said, that's your, that's the break in, in your chain, and that could be causing a whole world of issues. Um, as far as pain goes, though, you know, if, if you are someone that has pain, you need to make sure that you're doing things that are specialized for you, you know, either working with an FMS specialist or a PT or a trainer that can help you get to the root of these issues. Because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're in a lot of these like group fitness pro- programs mm-hmm. where everybody in class is doing the same thing. Well, that's not specialized. So if you have a lot of pain and you still want to continue that activity, you need to make sure that you're working on your own body, your own issues too. And so mm-hmm. you can continue doing that. So that's a huge point. Yeah. It's huge. I, I love was just it. thinking about that the other day because there's a big group of office people and they just sit, they're sedentary and they have these rounded shoulders and they're all doing these upright rows. And I'm just like, man, why are you doing that? That's <laughs> not very individualized. That's something you should not be doing. <laughs> well, the point is that most people just, they, they don't know. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. are a lot of people out, you know, there that can give you the answers that you need so you don't have to constantly be trying different things and just like pushing your body in the wrong ways. You want to be able to do what you want and push yourself without the pain, you know? For sure. Um, okay, final question. Your spirit animal. Ty, have you been asked this ever? I have. Um, I worked with a, uh, a shamanic practitioner actually for a while and, uh, had a very cool experience and drum journey in um, one of our sessions and I actually, you know, had this vision where I was, um, I was actually walking in what seemed to be kind of like a desert plainy area and I would walk by a lot of these animals who I suspected my spirit animal to be or maybe what I wanted it to be and, you know, um, throughout this journey, a, uh, a cougar approached me look back back at me and almost signal signal me to like follow follow it and I ended up on top of this huge mountain with this cougar just kind of like staring into the wilderness and I kind of you know researched that as my spirit animal and it actually goes along with a lot of my qualities so that's so I cool. felt like that was an interesting way to you know yeah. discover my spirit can I read what that means in my book yeah please. if cougar is your animal you're a well-balanced individual Once you've decided what to do about a situation, you're quick to take action. You're often called upon to take a position of leadership in which others depend on you to provide answers and direction. You prefer solitude to socializing. You're a take-charge kind of person, sometimes engendering others' disapproval and criticism. Oh, yeah. Boom! That was the best! Who needs a terror? Yeah. (laughs) That's a great one. That's so cool you went through that. I want to find that. What is it? Shamanic practice. And there's, and there's many different forms and practices of it. I do have one kind of. Wait, what is yours again? It's a, it was the same one. I think yours is a mountain lion. Or a puma. Yeah, same. same. Big lion. Mountain lion. Did we read it out loud last time you were on the podcast? I don't think um, so. I'll try to find it. Where can, Ty, where can people find you? What's the best way to... Your website, get best, to get a hold of you. The best way for people to find me is go to milehighathlete.com. Okay, cool. And Instagram, what's your Instagram? Instagram is also milehighathlete. Perfect. In the mile high. And Wade, where can people find you? Instagram's best. Fitflowco. Fitflowco. Isn't it? There's oh, um, fit underscore flow underscore co. Perfect. I'll find your 
Spirited Spirit. Animal Now. Guys, I miss you. Um, come back next Wednesday. We'll have a new episode, and it's good to be back. Thanks, guys, for coming on. <laughs>